I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Queen Pod. We are on a mission to bring you a companion piece to the entire Queen back catalogue, track by track, album by album. And incredibly, the band are very kindly letting us play all their music, which makes us the only podcast on earth with Queen playing all the way through it. However, we do need your support, so if you are in a position to do that, kindly pop over to patreon.com forward slash Queen Pod to find out how. Over to you, Fred. Welcome to Queen Pod. Play Queen Loud. Hashtag PQL. Yes, yes. Well, she's got problems the Lone Ranger can't fix. It's comedian Suze Kepner. Hi ho, me. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, it's 2022. You don't need the Lone Ranger to fix your problems, do you, Suze? Surely not. No, you can fix your own. Uh, He gave me the key and he turned on the bed. It's Queen documentarian Simon Lupton. (laughs) Yes, it is. Thank you. Hello. This is some pretty deep cut lyrics. How's, how's the bed? Is it waterbed? I think it would have to be, but I'm a bit worried why it Lovely. needs a key. Good to know. Yeah. I don't know. It's the key to my heart, apparently. Okay. And there's a face at the window, and it's comedian John Robbins. <laughs> Hello, John. Hello, everyone. How are you, mate? I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> you are. Good for you. Bless you. Uh, and I'll leave the conversation, because it's me, your host, Rohan Acharya. Hello. Right, that's us introduced. Look at what we're doing this week for season three of Queen Pod. We're gonna we're gonna do a rankings episode, traditionally our most exciting uh, episode of the series, and this time we are ranking. Uh, let's get this exactly right. We are ranking studio recordings that do not appear on one of the fifteen studio recording albums, right? Which is largely B sides. I think that's fair to say, isn't it? Would you say that's a good categorization, Simon? Yes. Well, shall I give shall I give the criteria for give the, the list? criteria? Yeah, the, the, yeah. the criteria. Is it twenty songs you selected. It's twenty three it? songs, uh, okay, but none of which didn't appear, as you say, on any of the studio albums. Um, but they have been released in some shape or form. Um, so they were either uh, single releases, either as an A side or, in most cases, you say B sides. There were bonus tracks on album reissues, or they appeared on compilation albums as new tracks. 
um, tracks that were live versions or straight instrumentals of Queen album songs were not included. So for those of you who are hoping that Stone Cold Crazy Live is going to win, it wasn't on the list. Sorry. No. <laughs> um, there were two notable exceptions. Uh, My Life Has Been Saved was a B-side in 1989, although it obviously later appeared on the Made in Heaven album. Um, but that is a different version. And the version that we would have considered for our lists was the B-side version from 1989. Um, and then there is a track called Rockin' Rio Blues, which was a live performance. Um, but was not a live rendition of a Queen album track. So that made it onto the list as oh, well. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah, okay. I think that's right. Nice way to get that in. Yeah, there you go. Just for my own interest, there are two songs on it that are instrumental sort of versions of songs that were yes. released as B-sides, aren't there? Forever and a Dozen Red Roses, My Darling. Yeah, but they were significantly different in how they were presented to the original track. It's not there were some cases where they literally just took the vocals off and put the yeah. instrumental as a B side and it's like, no, that doesn't count. Uh it's time to uh introduce uh our dear producer Sam. Hello producer Sam. Hiya. Hello. So you we've done our top tens, we've submitted them all to producer Sam, right? And you've done a algorithm. I've done some maths and I've put together all of you guys' top tens and we've got a whole Queen Pod top ten. It's very exciting. Brilliant. Right. And then we will, as this episode goes out, we will issue uh, Simon's list of 23 songs and votey things will happen on social medias. And at the end of the series in our fan special, we'll update the top ten to include all of them. Yes. Can I just, before we get on, can I just say, I just need to thank Adam Unger who very kindly checked my list and um, found a couple missing, um, which uh, I then added in. So ah. I'm very grateful to him for doing that. So cheers, Adam. Uh. That would have saved blushes and, twi- uh, blushes and Twitter storm. Uh, I would have been trolled on the TikTok and everything, I'm sure. <laughs> Where did you find Adam Unger? Uh, Adam is um, a, a good friend to um, uh, the Queen organisation. He's sort of collaborated on a number of projects. I met him through Greg Brooks and... Um, He's been very helpful, particularly on the Freddie Mercury book that Greg and I did. Um, ah. He continues to be involved in a number of uh, Queen projects uh, as someone who will spot when you miss things out. Ah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 He's yes. very good at that. He's your own John Robbins, basically. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Okay, good. Good. Um, all right, and so this is so is this going to work exactly as we've always done with the ranking episodes? Um, we, we've ranked the Queen music videos... Uh, we've ranked the album covers, and this is all of these interesting little uh, curios that um, uh, aren't even on an album, um, and are worth kind of having. This is a lovely way to actually give a nod to all of these. Um, I kind of like it. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, say what we've got in our tenth place position between us. If that's the highest that any of those tracks uh, have achieved. Uh, then we will discuss that track, and then we will move on to our ninth favourite and our eighth favourite, like that. Does that make sense? That's nice yeah, and clear good. for everybody, isn't it? Should yeah. be good. Um, and I think the thing I like about these tracks is w- when I was growing up, obviously these a lot of these tracks were being released, and the only way you could get them was by buying the singles, and it made it worth buying the singles. You know, it was a it was a cool way to get hold of these extra little things, and in a funny sort of way, I always felt that they. 
I earned them somehow by doing that. I was an extra Queen fan to get hold of those tracks. Did you guys have any relationship with any of these songs or have they largely passed you by, John? The ones that I knew really well are the ones that had been on albums and especially around the time I started getting into Queen. So No One But You, I know really, really well. Obviously, Thank God It's Christmas, um, Mad The Swine and some of the ones that went on to be a part of Made in Heaven. I have to say some of them ones, especially from around the sort of um, the works era, I'd heard but not not really spent much time with. And I think what's interesting when you take them as a group, some of them, a lot of them don't feel like or sound like Queen songs. They sound quite like you could tell who wrote them. So there's a couple mm. of very Rogery ones and there's a couple of very Brian ones and a couple of very Freddie ones. But I think it does show, because I, I will admit, when you take them as a whole and listen to them all in a row, you know, it's a, it's a, you're talking about a different standard of song than you would do with any sort of 23 Queen A-sides. Mm. But I think it shows something we've mentioned before and something I think... Uh, Brian has spoken about when I've, I interviewed him is that Queen aren't a band that have a hell of a lot of stuff that hasn't seen the light of day. Mm. You know, they were so prolific and put so much into each album that it's not, you know, like some bands could sort of go on releasing original material long after they broke up because they just have these sort of vaults and these demos and these all of these unreleased tracks, whereas just Queen aren't like that. They they released their best stuff and they put all their time into recording their best stuff and making it as good as possible. So there's no sort of like secret archive of amazing jewels awaiting anyone, it's which not is like a shame. Prince has got thousands of songs oh, yeah. that he's written. That have, yeah. you know, Entire yeah. music videos that he made. And yeah. yeah. So I just think the, the quality just does drop off as soon as you step too far away from the album the studio albums for me um which i'm happy with i'm you know i don't need queen to have just as good a songs that they've never released um yeah and you're in line with queen on that right they chose not to put these tracks on albums yeah i mean i'd say some of them that didn't make my top 10 right I'm not sure I would have put on a B-side of a single either. <laughs> and you say that as a Frank Zappa fan. <laughs> yeah, I do. And I would stand by that. And I think Frank okay, Zappa no, might, might say, so what they've just sort of done an instrumental version of Don't Lose Your Head and given it a different name <laughs> and put it on a B-side of a single. That, that doesn't seem like a particularly good idea. It's a quite mm. confusing prospect, A Dozen Red Roses for My Darling. Yeah, when it started, I didn't. It's, it wasn't what I expected. <laughs> no, right. So, yeah, did you have much of a relationship with these songs, Suze? Uh, like John, some and some, obviously, like no one but you. I've been singing that for twenty years. That right. was on um, on uh, Queen Rocks, which yeah, I had when I was yeah. a teenager, um, and songs like uh, Feelings, Feelings, See What a Fool I've Been. They show up on the deluxe versions that came out about yeah. 10 years ago of the albums but yeah some of them I went huh, what's this um, <laughs> and I wouldn't be like desperate to return to some of them right <laughs> but, uh, yeah 
I, 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 yeah, I think this has actually been a really interesting exercise. Okay, well, listen, why don't we start with what tracks we have picked for our number 10 spot? Suze, what have you got at number 10? In my number 10 spot, I've got Hang On In There. Hang On In There. Yes, mm. yes, fine. Uh, Simon, what did you put in at number 10? I've chosen Queen Talks. Have you? <laughs> That's bold. Yes, That's very bold. And uh, and uh, John, I have chosen a human body. <laughs> Fair enough. Solid number tens all around, Sam. Any of these discussed higher? What about, what about yours? I want to say yours first. Oh God! All right. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll always forget. I'll always forget my own. Uh, Love kills the ballad. I've put in at number ten. Go on, Sam. Is there any of these that have been? Have they reached their top position in our charts? Yeah, just one. Queen Talks does no, not really? again ah. in this list. <laughs> All right, Simon. So explain to me. me your scoring mechanism and then explain to me how Queen Talks managed to get into your top ten. Um, th- there is no scoring mechanism. <laughs> it's, um, it was... Uh, <laughs> Whittling down until I arrived at 10 and then deciding in which order. Queen Talks is there simply because um, I found it hilarious. Uh, I loved it. And I thought no one else is going to pick this. And it would be a crying shame if there are people out there who have not heard this. Don't get a little snippet. So if I choose it, producer Sam will have to put a snippet of it into the podcast. (laughs) It's true. And people will get to hear it. And that's solely the reason. Um, I thought it was... uh, I think it's great, and um, whoever put it together, I don't even know who edited it together, I think did a, did a marvellous job. So hats off to whoever did well, it. Well, I can tell you that it was combined oh, and please. produced by Doro. So Rudy Dolezal and Hannes Rossiger put it together. Yeah. Oh, fair uh, place, great. The Torpedo Twins themselves, the guys who directed a lot of their later music videos. And uh, if you go along to Queenpedia dear listeners, and look up Queen Talks, you will find a full transcript of exactly what is said. Um, And it is literally a minute and 45 of the guys just talking and saying things, all kind of cut together. Um, Why don't we just play the end of it? Because I find Freddie quite amusing just towards the end. Let's let's listen to about 20 seconds of it to give everyone a, a sense of what Simon's done. Just get on with it. Otherwise I'll forget my name. Ask Roger. No, not a good idea. I can't remember where the idea did come from. Roger, what did you do? It's good fun. I can make a bigger bang than that, dear. Yeah, great fun, yeah. Could have gone the other way. Oh, sh- all that crap again? And you can hear that lovely vinyl crackle because vinyl's the only place I can find it. <laughs> it's not available. It's not available digitally anywhere. So it's a true curio. Uh, and uh, where did it appear? It appeared on the... Um, on the B side of the show must go. No, it was on the twelve inch of the show must go on. Right, that was where it was. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, like I say, for no other reason than uh, I just wanted everyone to hear a little bit of it. So that mm. was why. Yeah, it's a so nice curiosity, isn't it? And thirty years ago, that that sort of thing didn't exist. Now nowadays, like you can find snippets of interviews with every celebrity you want now and back then you wouldn't have been able to so it's probably yeah. quite a nice thing for fans back then to have there was a, yeah. a an unofficial four cd box of qu- called queen talks wasn't there with a different yeah. cd for each member oh yeah. wow yeah which i've still got in a loft somewhere they used to do that for 
for quite a lot of bands you'd you'd get the sort of someone would get all the sort of copyright free interviews and put them onto a sort of almost like a bootleg and mm. yeah it was in hmv in london i got that yeah speaks volumes about the 13 songs it ranked above in simon's list <laughs> that, that a compilation of interview excerpts has made it into the top half of his I think, choices i think john it speaks more about me than it does about the quality <laughs> of the oh, 13, no, I, I, love, I love that i love that we got to touch on that here because it's mm. it is genuinely something that a lot of listeners won't be aware of and yeah it's fine i mean we we, we we've heard all those Snippets, I think, now in full as well, which 30 years ago, I remember oh. hearing it and going, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, it's exciting stuff. Mm. And and I think it is a 30-year younger version of me that's tapping into this ranking. Um, mm. All right, should we get on to number nines? Yes. Okay. Suze, what have you got at nine? <laughs> my life has been saved. Has it? What a lovely thing to do yes. at number nine. Uh, and Simon, at your number nine? Well, interestingly, I also feel that my life has been saved at ah, number nine. Really? Yeah. Really? And you, John? Well, my life hasn't been saved, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> so I've gone for Love Kills the Ballad. Ah! ah that's what nice. have you gone for, Ro? Oh, thanks for reminding me. I've gone for Soul <laughs> Brother, guys. <laughs> thanks, John. I really need that. Um, Soul Brother! I love it. Uh, where are you, Sam? What's the news? The news is very interesting because all of these songs do appear again later up in the <gasps> list. Oh. Wow. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. Well, in that case, I'm going to pause here very briefly to ask Suze what her scoring system was, and then we'll move on to number eight. Oh, what I do is I listen to them in the order of the list and then write down the title and gradually i go well do i like that one more than that one and i so as i'm going along i can put them in the order oh that's yeah, clever you like to do it as you go oh. as you go so you have a full ranking of all 20 that's it so the 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 first song on the list will be in number one spot and then the second song in the list i decide whether i like that more or less than that one and then there, that's there, clever. And there it is <laughs> well let's get on to number eight 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 <laughs> Try my just uh Suze, what did you put in a number eight? In a number eight, I've got Soul Brother. Ah we're all mixing around in the same pool here, inevitably. Simon? I have gone forever. Oh lovely. Okay, mm. fair enough. And uh John, what's at your number eight? Well, uh it was a close shave. My life has been saved. Ah. Right there. Okay. Yeah, there um and before you ask, I've put a human body at number eight. Ah. Which uh, you probably thought I'd have had higher, but uh no, at number eight. <laughs> it's all gold from here on in. How have we done there at number eight, Sam? Are we stopping to discuss any tracks? Oh, we're just stopping to discuss all of the tracks. None of these songs. Ooh. All of the number eights. Oh. All of the number eights. None wow. of these appear again. Wow. Well, well, well. We've never had that before. Let's start with Soul Brother. Let's listen to a bit of Soul Brother. He's my best friend. He's my champion. And he will rock you, rock you, rock you. Because he's the saviour of the universe. He can make you keep yourself alive. Make you keep yourself alive. 
by Queen back in 81 this was the B-side on Under Pressure the single uh, and you can find it on the deluxe edition of Hot Space listeners that's where to find it um, what do you think? I know that it's about It's he wrote it about Brian Freddie, Freddie brought it and wrote it about Brian yeah so this is Brian talking about the song in 2003 he said Freddie told me one day he had a surprise for me he said I've written a song about you but it needs your touch on it I think curiously we were both working on songs separately which referred to each other that's Brian talking can't remember which one of mine it was since a lot of my songs were obliquely aimed at him as well as to be sung by him anyway Brian says we got into the studio and he played this song now whether it's really about me i don't know but i thought it was fab i know he wrote it in about 15 minutes as to why it's not on the game well freddie deliberately wrote it as a b-side to fill a gap so i imagine the album was already sewn up so it would have been written around the time of the game and then put on the b-side for under pressure interestingly there says that it's specifically for a b-side the other thing i like about this song is it name checks loads of queen songs so like you're my best friends in there uh, we are the champions is referenced the universe is mentioned with a flash sort of tinge on it we will rock you obviously you just heard keep yourself alive you just heard somebody to love under pressure all of these little tracks are mentioned and it's about freddie's soul brother brian may what's not to like What's not to like? It's got quite uh, it, the start bit of the clip we played. There's got a real Van Morrison feel to it. That piano mm. part reminds mm. me of um, "You're My Woman" from his album "Two Below Honey." It does have that. It's sort of even though Freddie absolutely nails that vocal, it does feel like he's sort of started too high. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It feels <laughs> like he's perhaps would like to be able to stop everyone and go, "Can we do this in a slightly different key?" You know what I mean? Even though he's he he does it, it feels a, a bit. Um, Does it push silliness for you in places? Is that... No, because he's he's capable of doing it, but it just doesn't feel like yeah. the right register for the song. It feels too high. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's turn to our vocal expert, Suze. Is it too high for Freddie Mercury? It's, uh, I, Should he I have done it half a key down? No, John, John's correct. It's not. It's not that. I think what's nice about it being that high is you get to hear a bit more fragility in Freddie's voice, which he wasn't really doing around that time. Um, that that vocal wouldn't fit on the Hot Space album. Uh, it's closer to the sort of thing he was doing in the mid seventies with like Lily of the Valley, Melancholy Blues, uh, mm. and it, yeah, he never, he wasn't really. I I think Soul Brothers really interesting in terms of Freddie's vocals because he wasn't singing like that at the time. You put that next to like body language, he wasn't singing in that style anymore. <sighs> 
Well, you say that, but I think what springs to mind there is maybe Cool Cat. He sings that in an extensive falsetto, just slightly different tone, and I think he does a lot of this sort of noise on Under Pressure as well, right? But you're saying that this is a slightly different tone to that. Yeah, I think it's closer to some of the stuff on between Queen 2 and uh, News of the World. Yeah, 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 I think you're right. Um, Very nice, and uh, it's got that sort of bluesy feel to it as well, which a lot of these... Um, a lot of these tracks that have sort of um, uh, not been put on the albums often have these sort of bluesy kind of feel to them. It's a lovely track. Well cho- chosen, Suze. Right. What's the next one we're listening to? Should we do My Life Has Been Saved? That sounds like a, a pretty big number. So this is the 1989 version of the track, which is quite different to the version on Made in Heaven in its instrument- instrumentation. So there's a little talky bit at the end that I wanted to include so we'll just listen to the last minute or so of this of this track we're right back where we started from people go in separate ways this is the way things are now in disarray yeah. I read it in the papers So it's exactly the same vocals from Freddie as you get on the Maiden Heaven album. So John uh, John Deacon wrote the song, originally as an acoustic track, uh, and it was released as the B-side to Scandal back in 1989, this version. Oh. All right, John. All right, everyone. Um, <laughs> I, it's tricky because I'm still, I'm still on my list, not into territory of songs I would say I thought were real bangers. Um, sure. I prefer the Maiden Heaven version. Do you? I think... Sometimes, especially in this period, and the miracle that we will get to in time on on the main podcast is not my favourite Queen album. And it's something about the, like the, I'm loath to say the backing track, but something about the, the sort of, I'll say the backing track. Sure. <laughs> of that the era. Arrangement? Yeah. The arrangement, yeah. When they weren't, they it sometimes they feel a bit plodding and i don't know whether it's the sort of the synthesizers or the bass tone or the drum tone or whatever it was they were using but they do in this era only sometimes sound like backing tracks for like grade 6 electric guitar <laughs> pieces Ooh. with songs called things like Purple Mist and <laughs> Sultans of Sway. Because whenever you're doing your like grade six or grade five electric guitar, they're sort of trying to get you to do, you know, Hendrix or 
uh, or dire straits or whatever, but they can't use the actual things. They have to approximate something. Um, there's just something about that. Boom, 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 boom. It just feels slightly too slow. I don't know. What do you guys think? Freddie's vocals amazing. Mm. And Brian's guitar is fantastic as well. Beautiful it, in places, actually. Yeah. 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 Go on, Suze. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's some... some... I think it, it sounds like a lot of the production on The Miracle, which is an album that I feel has dated more than anything that was like on Queen 2, say. Um, right. And I think it comes down to production with this yeah. song. The sound of that era, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I actually... So it's not my favourite track on Made in Heaven. And in a funny sort of way, I slightly prefer this version because I feel like that perhaps on Made in Heaven it's even more produced, perhaps. But it's all the songs on there are beautiful. So uh, yeah, much of a muchness for me. Um, but it didn't make my top ten, I've got to say. Which moves us nicely onto Forever, doesn't it, Simon? The highest rated position for you, which is essentially a keyboard version of Who Wants to Where Live Forever. Yes. Once again, yeah. I seem to be in the minority here, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Makes a difference for you. I should say I actually I disallowed um, I just didn't consider Blurred Vision A Dozen Red Roses and Forever because I just felt it was cheating then, well it's not cheating but there's sort of it. I like it because I like Who Wants to Live Forever mm-hmm. I like A Dozen Red Roses because I like Don't Lose Your Head I like Blurred Vision because I like One Vision I, if I had heard them without those other songs existing I'm not sure I would have given them a great deal of time so right, I sort okay. of said okay they they don't count okay but I okay. obviously like the sound because it's like listening to a Queen song yeah well I think it's I think this, that's why for me Forever was the exception because I think it's a beautiful piece of music and I very rarely enjoy listening to Queen songs performed in a way that they're not intended to be performed so I'm not a huge fan of like symphony orchestras playing queen tracks even though there's something nice about them because they're playing songs i'm familiar with um Mm. that's not how they're supposed to be consumed but Mm. somehow forever for me just felt like a really good exception to that because as a piece of piano music i just found it really enchanting and beautiful and also when you're trying to make a documentary about Queen and something sad happens, it's an absolute godsend. <laughs> so, for that reason. Perfect bed. Oh, amazing. Exactly. And did it make you want to go out and get the Who Wants to Live Forever 12 inch so you could have a version of it? I think that's probably. Back in the day? Uh, uh, no, for sure, that is why I know it so well because I did have the 12 inch version of Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Also included uh, on the CD release of A Kind of Magic in 86 actually uh, and obviously it's now on the deluxe version so it came out in uh, 2011 so you can find that on your Spotify and iTunes should we listen to just a lovely a let's listen to the final just minute it's so me. beautiful
Well, Brian can play the, play the keyboards. He says he yeah. can't, but he can. I got a question, Simon. Mm-hmm. When you listen to that, are you thinking of the tragedy of Bonnie Heather? Or <laughs> are you are you just contemplating your own mortality? Uh, no, I, I, I must confess, you know, I was 15 when that film came out, so Bonnie Heather certainly... I'm all about there Heather. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what makes me cry. It's Heather that's making me cry, not the song. I know. Um, <laughs> it's because you're okay, all muck listen. and muscle. <laughs> listen, we got all, yeah, of course. We've got all four of us doing a track here. So uh, the highest we've managed to reach uh, for a human body is at number eight, thanks to me. Um, all right, let's have a little look at a uh, human body, uh, a, a very Roger Taylor track. Um, and therefore automatically makes my top ten, um, because I love him. Uh, so yes, it was uh, a B-side on Play the Game. This is sort of almost one of the earliest sort of key sort of B-sides that I think people would have specifically got the single to access this song, I think, for a long time. You could only get it that way. It has been included on various compilations of stuff, and you can get it now, which is fine. Yeah, Roger really liked this song. It's quite an unusual song, but it's a very Roger song. Um, Should we listen to a little bit of it? We got problems the long range you can't fix The invisible man couldn't see You know, there are bits of it that I find utterly silly. And this happens with Roger's songs a bit. There's like bits of action this day that I think, oh, that's just nuts. But actually the way it resolves is always really enjoyable. And uh, yeah, you know, there are some slightly silly bits of this song for me, but it always resolves into something quite beautiful. I quite like the song. Um, Suze, John, got anything to say about Human Body? The reason I put it on my list is because it reminds me of David Bowie because it's clearly a David Bowie song. It's like five years left or uh, five years, sorry, yeah. or um, I mean any number of other David Bowie songs. I think Roger was having a bit of a, a Bowie phase perhaps after, um, or was that, would that have been before or after Hot It was Space? just before Under Pressure, yeah. so this would, have been, okay. this would have been on the game. But they all knew each other, they didn't they? I mean, yeah, it, they did. It's so weird because every time you think this is a David Bowie song, it changes and you think, Mm. oh, and that's another bit that sounds like another type of David Bowie song. So it's quite interesting. (laughs) Also, am I right in thinking it's about Scott of the Antarctic? (laughs) Well, (laughs) he certainly features in the lyrics. And uh, I'm also very pleased that the Invisible Man features there. I do feel like there's elements of this song that appear in, in a lot of what follows, particularly that sort of robot voice that you get kind of maybe around Radio Gaga and things like that. You're starting to hear quite a few of these sounds mm-hmm. that Roger got quite into. Which 
isn't the sort of thing David Bowie wouldn't have written about. Mm. Yeah. 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 What Scott of the Antarctic? Yeah. Yeah. Legit. Mm. They're erudite mm. people. Go on, Suze. So it's because some of this song is like very reminiscent of um, Drows. Mm. Mm, yes. Like elements of Drows in there. But I, yeah, it didn't, it didn't quite make my list because I think the robot voice is silly. <laughs> <laughs> you only want them on the music videos for Roger songs. You don't want yeah, them. Yeah, I want to see so robots. Calling all girls, <laughs> see robots. Don't want it. Like, yeah. I'm like Victorian children. Robots should be seen in our <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely they should. Wow. Well, we've spent a long time in number eight. Let's mm. move on to number seven. Seven, seven. What have you got? <laughs> number seven, please, Suze. I put a number seven, Mad the Swine. Mm. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Fair play to you. Why not? John. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what six songs you think are better than Mad the Swine. Wow. I think John's going to be really angry with (laughs) everything I've got in my top four. (laughs) Oh, no. Go on, Simon. What have you got at number seven? I've gone stealing. Oh, Oh, my God. What's wrong? Oh, no. (laughs) I like stealing. What have you got, John? Uh, See what a fool I've been. Okay. Okay. And what have you got, Rob? I don't want to tell you because John's just <laughs> blurred vision. Okay, you guys are going to get really angry with me about this, but I'm just going to say it. At number seven, I've got no one but you. Okay. Oh well, you are mad. <laughs> You're sacked. <laughs> Why am I sacked? You're out of your mind. Why? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm allowed to like different Queen songs than you just because we no. like the same band. No, <laughs> not not in this situation. No. Not. <laughs> well, what was no, your scoring can't. system then, John? How did you score yours? I scored all of the songs out of ten. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sam, save us from this. Please. Well, I don't know if it's going to make John feel better or worse, but no, no one but you going to appear higher. All of these songs do appear higher. All of them appear higher. So that's a good thing. Okay. Which, by process of deduction, means that Roe thinks stealing is better than no one but you. (laughs) Not necessarily. No, definitely necessarily, because... I might might like Chinese torture more. Yeah, I know, but we're talking about if stealing isn't being talked about now, that means that Roe has put it higher than no one but you. You're genuinely making me feel sick. Like, I'm feeling dizzy. You're, I'm like, making you feel sick. <laughs> I've feel, been yeah. sick. I'm being sick now. He's being sick. Music is subjective. I'm allowed to... No, so I've, incorrect. I think actually, okay. Music is objective. You're thinking of comedy, bro. <laughs> oh, God. Right, let's go to number six. No, just Fine. Reaction. I just thought when I said stealing, again, I just picked one that no one else had, and I just thought... There's Have a twelve-minute version of stealing oh, on uh, YouTube, if you can imagine such a thing. <laughs> I can't wait. It's to like find a, it. it's sort of a jam. It's got nice guitar bits and nice vocal bits, but it is a twelve-minute version of stealing. Brilliant. A song that repeats Sounds quite ideal. a lot, anyway. It's a very soothing track. Six, six. I feel six to my stomach. Um, what have you got? Number six, Suze. Number six. I've got feelings. Feelings. Okay. 
I don't. I don't know who's the Queen fan in this group anymore. <laughs> Go on then, Simon. What have you got? I, I don't know if I am. I've I've got Mad the Swine at number six. None of these made my top ten, right? Yeah, John. What have you got? Like I've got Chinese Torture at number six. What are you talking about? <laughs> Why is that in your top ten? Chinese Torture at number six. Fine. Fine, he's having a go at it's me. It's not my fault that it's better than seven. 17 of these songs I've listened to. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Simon, you're going to have to go through this uh, edit with a fine tooth comb, my friend. Um, <clears throat> or, or just make sure that it's not listed on Brian's iPhone. <laughs> Can you do that? <laughs> okay. Um, all right, then. Uh, which of these haven't been mentioned? About? I know one right. of them hasn't been mentioned. About well, let's find out what you've said first. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay, but John's going to shout at me. At number six, I've got Let Me In Your Heart Again. Okay. Okay. Two of these tracks do not appear later in the list. They are oh, both only mentioned one time. Chinese Torture and Feelings Feelings will not appear again. Oh. All right. Let's deal with Chinese Torture first, John. You know, a, a lot of the songs on this list are, are sort of quite similar songs. So if you were going to, like, look at... Um, Let Me In Your Heart Again, um, Lost Opportunity, My Life Has Been Saved, you know, Hijack My Heart. There's not a huge, like, if you don't, if you're not into one of them, it's not like you're going to suddenly absolutely really love another. Whereas Chinese Torture just jumps out as being pure May. This could have been on Back to the Light. This could have been on Another World. He plays it live really well. It just jumps into your headphones because it's different to a lot of the uh, other tracks. Um, I wouldn't put it on at a party unless uh, it was a party for me. Um, and I like it. It's a bit of a let's. It, it acted as a bit of a palate cleanser. It's like a sort of May bookend between two songs, and he's really good at those little sort of uh, little sort of one to two minute guitar pieces. It was a bonus track on the Miracle, and I like that it was included. Of course, I do. Um, it was the only bonus track on the Miracle that didn't actually appear on any singles. It wasn't a, a B side, actually, um, but uh, it was sort. Of, it kind of came out of the last few concerts from the Magic Tour as part of Brian's guitar solo, and he did. Uh, he does include. Well, he included riffs from 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 this in his solos when he was touring with Queen and Paul Rogers as well. Um, Let's listen to some torture then. 20 seconds of torture. Perfect to have a bath too. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice, John. So let's just remember, as we move up the list, that you have that noise at number six. Because mm-hmm. I know that you're going to get angry with me. That's fine. I can take it. Um, the other track we're looking at then is Feelings, Feelings, Suze. Yes. I li- a lot of these songs uh, on this list, what jumps out at me and made me put them in the top ten is like a brilliant vocal and I think Feelings Feelings got an outstanding vocal from Freddie Um, I can see why it wasn't on the album it doesn't really fit anywhere Um, but I think it's 
I think you, you, it's another song where you don't hear him sing like that very often. Right. I also think you've been listening to a lot of Robert Plant probably when he and he sang this, but how cool that he can slip into that vocal for his cheeky B-side. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was written by Brian for the News of the World album and um, <clears throat> came out of the News of the World sessions. Uh, and there's two demos versions of the songs out there. Take 9 was played at the Queen Fan Club convention in 2001 mm. and Take 10 is the one that you'll find on the 2011 deluxe edition of News of the World. Is that the one that we're listening to, Sam? It is indeed. Yeah, take ten. All right. Well, let's listen to uh, a minute and a half of feelings, feelings. Now that I'm here, I can see you so clearly. It's the way I should say it. It's not what I say, it's the way that I say it. It's a fun song. Yeah. My head, of course, at the academy where I did my postgrad, one of the first things she said, because I, I would often, I'd really go for it with some really insane songs that were, you know, not a safe option and sometimes mm. crack. And the first time it happened in a public, not a public show, but like 10 of us at a time would have to sing in front of each other. Um I was mortified that it happened. And she, she went, no, no, I like a voice in danger. <laughs> and I think, that's what you get from, I think that's what you get from Freddie there. I like, I like a voice in danger. <laughs> yeah. I think Beauty it's interesting the that these, these songs that, yes, you're right, these songs that um, uh, aren't, aren't making it onto the album, they're often very bluesy. It's sort mm, of Brian mm-hmm. having a little blues out. And I wonder Come if... Come out of a jam. Yeah, and I wonder if they're always kind of looking for the more interesting tracks to put on the albums themselves. Um, and I do, th- I do want to introduce a new level of game as we approach the top five. Mm. So, f- as you reach the top five, if this is the highest position for your for your track, I'd like to know which album track you would replace it with, if any. How about that? So let's see how we get on. So, what's at your number five? Five, five, six. My number five is Rockin' Rio Blues. Rockin' Rio Blues. Mm. Very yeah. nice. Uh, how about you there, Simon? I've got the Love Kills ballad version. Okay. And uh, John? I've also got Rockin' Rio Blues. Mm. Okay. And at number five, I've put Thank God It's Christmas. Ah. See? Yeah. Slap bang in the middle, halfway up. Okay. Any of those going to appear higher, or have we reached the limit with any of them? Uh, we will not see Rock and Rio Blues again. Right. Fair enough. Well, Suze and John, but let's start with Suze. You just like the groove of it? I very much do. And I like think it's I think it's awesome that they release it some live tracks. 
uh, as B-sides because yeah. unless you go and see Queen live or buy like the Wembley 86 or Live Killers album, you won't know what they sound like live. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I think it's a really great representation of what Queen were like live. It wasn't just, yeah. and here is the album played from start to finish, but live this time. They did really interesting stuff. Do you like Impromptu on the Wembley 86 album? Love it, yeah. Yeah, right, okay, okay. It's quite similar yeah. to that, isn't it? Yeah, lovely. Mm. Um, all right, John, and you're, you're kind of the same? You're just like, well, here's some live Queen, let's have it. Yeah, definitely, and it sort of reminds me of the um, some of the... It's got hints of what's to come on Barcelona mm. and some of the sort of improvisations they did in the recordings for that, so I really like it, and it's nice to have sort of an example of his great live vocal um, work that, you know, isn't just the, the sort of more famous, big, powerful songs. It's, yeah, it's good fun. It is fun. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It is fun. Yeah, it was recorded during the Rock and Rio Festival in January 85, and it was essentially, for us in the UK, it was essentially released as a B-side to the Winter's Tale CD, so uh, CD single, so that's where you would have found it. Um, it appeared in various other places, but you got wikipedia for that um should we listen to uh like a little half 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 a half a minute or so of uh, their mm-hmm. groove getting going <laughs> rock and rio night baby it's rock and rio Lovely. It's lovely. The band can play, right? They can just play. They've got all these huge hits, so they still have room to do that in their set. Amazing. Brilliant. Amazing stuff. Would either of you replace any tracks off uh, Made in Heaven with the Rock and Rio Blues? I would re- I would replace one of the remixes off You Don't Fool Me, the remixes, with this. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, let's move up to our number fours. Here we go. What have you got at number four, Suze? At number four, I've got the Love Kills Ballad. Mm. Ah, okay. Love Kills proving popular. And uh, you, Simon? I go crazy at number four. Wow. It's about time that turned up. Have you have you had a stroke? Wow. <laughs> what are you talking about, John? Why are you so aggressive? Simon, have you lost... Have you lost your mind? Why is your way the only way, John? <laughs> you, because it's in only seven days as a Queen song, but not <laughs> dead on time, which is a bitching track. <laughs> okay, right, so I go crazy. Uh, is I go crazy the highest chart position? We haven't had yours yet, right? Oh, uh, what, what are we at? Number four. Yeah, just had mine and I've caused a meltdown. So, yeah, so John John next. (laughs) Yeah, John, what have you got at number four? What sad song have you put at number four? (laughs) I have sort of semi-reluctantly put There Must Be More to Life Than This at number four. So we can move on tidily then. We Simon, Sam, is that? We haven't had yours yet. Okay, fine. I put I put hijack my heart at number four. Okay, (laughs) this is we should never get in a room together for these. Okay. 
the look on John's face of such disgust. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, John, only one of these songs does appear again higher up in these lists, and that is I Go Crazy. <laughs> so this is the last what we have song? heard <laughs> from There Must Be More <gasps> to Life in This, Love Kills the Ballad, and Hijack My Heart. We will not hear from those songs again. Okay. Well, let's do let's do a sad song sandwich. So let's start with uh, There Must Be More to Life Than This. Well, it's there because, I don't know if you know this, guys, but Michael Jackson sings on it. Yeah. Actual Michael Jackson. And when his voice comes up, it's like, oh, wow, that's Michael Jackson singing with Freddie Mercury. <laughs> that is the reason why it's at number four. It's a complete rarity. It is sort of... You know, something that had been rumoured to have happened for, what, 20, 30 years? Yeah. Bits and bobs had been leaked, and and there it is. It's not my favourite Queen song. It's not my favourite Michael Jackson song. It's, you know, not the best song in the world. But let's be honest, it's got Michael Jackson singing next to Freddie Mercury. Yeah, that's true. And and, and it was very difficult to get hold of this song, actually. Freddie recorded three duets with... Uh, MJ in the early 80s uh, and State of Shock was eventually re- uh, released by the Jacksons with Mick Jagger replacing Freddie's vocals Victory was never released and then there was this song, More to Life Than This which was uh, released on the Queen Forever compilation album um, and uh, after Jackson's death in 2009 Brian Roger did try and secure all three of those songs um, but uh, they only managed to get hold of this one Roger described it <laughs> with the Michael Jackson estate as wading through glue. <laughs> very Roger. Um, but he did say, uh, I was very pleased we had three new tracks to put on Queen Forever. Um, and as well as the Michael Jackson track, there must be more to life than this. So there we go. Uh, this was produced and mixed by William Orbit for the uh, Queen Forever version. And um, he did... Uh, obviously re-record the song for his solo album, Mr. Bad Guy, so you'll find a version of this song on that. You may be familiar with that if you've got Mr. Bad Guy. Let's listen to uh, Freddie and Michael Jackson singing together, shall we? You know, that's the other thing is it's Freddie as a songwriter on that, isn't it? When he wants to write a track that kind of has that MJ, that Michael Jackson sort of 80s, we are the world type ballady song. He can do it. He can do it. And he's written one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's uh, it's a nice piece. Yeah. The only reason that song didn't end up on my list is because Michael Jackson's on it. I have yeah. I have some uh, I have some issues with Michael Jackson, but that's not actually sure. the, uh, some of them. Are, they're pretty pretty big issues actually. But so, the <laughs> the reason I just think he sounds awful on it because Freddie does yeah. that whole verse of chorus, and then he comes in like 
<laughs> yeah, he is really like. <laughs> I think I think he I I don't really love Michael Jackson's voice anyway. I think he was a magnificent child star who I'm slightly amazed he's held up as a great singer past when he was a kid. Um, right, but. Uh, yeah, I won't say too much about Michael Jackson because it tends to end in me getting loads of anti-Semitic abuse for of some course. reason. Yeah, but, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, th- that's the only reason it's not... If it was just the Freddie version, I think it would probably have made it in there to the top ten. Yeah. I think when Michael Jackson comes in, I go, ugh! Someone did a... On YouTube, there's a, like, um, Freddie Mercury a cappella versus uh, Michael Jackson a cappella where someone basically takes the, the root vocal oh, tracks and compares right, the them stems. what's interesting is like michael jackson's voice off often sounds so frail mm, like tiny really sounds. really thin yeah and stacked up against like freddie's uh, acapella vocal from somebody to love you think there's no real contest here yeah yeah there it's uh like fire and ice um where the wow. interesting and on the under pressure, which we'll obviously get to when we do hot space, but Bowie is double track throughout that, whereas Freddie's uh, just the single track. Yeah, um, which when you when you hear it, you can't unhear it. You're like, oh sh- yeah, and Bowie's not a guy with a tiny voice, but mm. that's how they they sound so matched. Do you feel Freddie's trying to meet Michael halfway here? <laughs> and he's kind of keeping a lid on all of his power. I don't know. Because you're right, no, he he's... sings the first verse, then MJ sings the second one, and it is a bit like... But then when they're blended together... I can barely hear Freddie when the, when it's the mix, yeah. Right, That's okay, because MJ's too strong in the mix. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think, But I do think it's a nice song. Why not? Nothing wrong with that. So that's it. We've got the number four position covered, right, Sam? Um, we also don't hear from Love Kills the Ballad and okay. uh, Hijack My Heart. Oh. Those two appear again. Okay, well, we're doing a sad song sandwich. So let's listen to <laughs> Hijack My Heart, which is a stone cold classic. One of the best songs on the uh, uh, of the era, actually. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> let's, let's just listen to... Um, look, there's a, there's a verse bit and a silly bit, and then a guitar solo. So let's listen to that. Stuck in the traffic, stuck up the lights, what do I see? Some stupid bimbo in a fast car next to me. She takes off, imagine my disgust. Like a bat out of hell, I get to eat her. bit's a bit silly what about the bit with the bimbo is that is that not the silly bit <laughs> that's not so silly the bimbo bit oh, okay. bimbo. satirical <laughs>
there's nothing wrong with it. Listen, it was on the it was on the B side of the Invisible Man, which obviously was a big deal for me. I got the Invisible Seven Inch, the Invisible Twelve Inch, um, and I think this era, the Miracle era of singles, which is John a big influence on my top five. I might as well warn you because uh, that was sort of the first album that was released post me becoming a massive Queen fan. And so it was a big deal album for me. And I was chasing down every single one of those um, singles to hear specifically these songs that don't appear on the album. So they were kind of precious to me. And I remember like flicking this over and thinking, oh God, what have we got? But actually just really enjoying it. There's there's lots of it that I really like. You know, like there are always in, in Roger's songs, there are bits where you're like, mate, you're going a bit far there. But actually, lovely lead vocals, love the guitar sound on it. Uh, yeah, I, I I think when I was going through this sort of top ten and looking at it, you know, initially I think it was a bit further down, but I, I pulled it a bit further up because I'm like, out of these tracks, which ones am I most likely to actually listen to? And I do listen to I Jack My Heart. It's in my playlist. It is in there. Um, I do like it. So I am sorry, but that is at my number four, and you, <laughs> you might as well better, keep You think that's a better song than No One But You? Objectively, no, but subjectively, okay. yes. Personally, yes. Objectively, no. Uh, no One But You is a better written song, a better created song. Out of those two songs, which am I more likely to sit down and listen to? It will be Hijack My Heart. Because I'm not... It's not like I'm a massive ballad fan out of the... Queen oeuvre. I like them and some of them are absolutely insane, particularly where they're a bit more uh, experimental. Like You couldn't really call Millionaire Waltz a ballad, right? But it sort of is. Um, but th- yeah, the, those songs, yeah, No One But You is a very Queen song uh, and it is beautifully made and obviously it's the last track with John playing on it, but I'm sure we'll get to it. Um, so yes, objectively, No One But You is a better made song. But ranking this group of songs... I like my heart more. <laughs> so sorry. What's at number three, guys? We're in the top three. Are we happy? We still have to complete the sandwich. I'm afraid there is still "Love Kills" the ballad to talk about. We've got to go back to sad songs. I'm surprised this isn't John's number one. Let's go. I "Love Kills" the ballad. I think "Hijack My Heart" is quite a sad song. Yeah. Sad as in sad and desperate. Like well, sort of. I think Christopher would probably have said. No, that's a bit on the nose. <laughs> I just feel like like you're a massive Krista Berg fan and you're just you're throwing, yeah, throwing but I'm shade. La- I'm a I'm a, fa- a massive uh, Roger fan Taylor. of some Krista Berg songs, but there <laughs> sure. are others that I will quite happily just Which Christopher song of laughter. Do you prefer to hijack my heart? Um Okay, how long have you got? High on emotion, just don't pay the ferryman last night, borderline, borderline um, revolution, yeah. uh, even man on the line, which is about him not being able to get through to a number he's calling, <laughs> fatal hesitation, Spanish train. Fatal hesitation. It's got a song called Spanish Sounds like a band by Ricky. Have you not heard Spanish Train? What's Spanish Train? It's about God and the Devil playing chess on a train. Oh, that is a cool track. Yeah, for the souls of the dead. Yeah, it's almost like... um, That's good. Has it got a vibe of the devil in... What's that? Devil Goes Down to Georgia or whatever. It's got that kind of vibe about it, right? Devil Goes Down to Georgia. It's definitely a bit of an epic, anyway. Mm. (laughs) All right, fair enough. Let's carry on with this personal ignominy and get into uh, Love Kills. Shall we listen to a little bit? Do you prefer it to the original Love Kills or the remixes? Uh, no, I don't. I prefer don't. the 
I prefer the original, but I think this is, I think I love how this also works as a ballad. All right, Suze, Love Kills, the ballad. Let's um, let's have a little bit of uh, the Miami Vice bit. Right, go on, Suze. Have at it, and then I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll throw out some tidbits of information about this track. Oh, okay. Not a ton to say. Just like I said, I like how they've taken what was a very personal Freddie dance track and made it an yeah. epic rock ballad. Um, and I think it's really well produced because Freddie could put theatricality into anything, and it, it he had a way of never making it out of place. And they've done that here with the production. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it was written by uh, Freddie and Giorgio Moroder, uh, and the track was originally intended for the works, but that was it was rejected, so Freddie reworked it as a solo track for Moroder's 1984 restoration and the edit of the 1927 silent film Metropolis. So that's where it was kind mm. of purposed in the end. Um, uh, and uh, even though the original version was released as a Freddie solo single, all four members of Queen did appear on it. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think is kind of fun about uh, this track is so you'll find it on Queen uh, Forever, and mm-hmm. um, uh, and they had reworked it into a ballad version for the Queen and Adam Lambert t- tour for uh, their 2014 North American tour, um, and that's what Brian and Roger used to sort of rework the track for Queen. For- Queen Forever. And uh, in 1985, the song was nominated for Worst Original Song at the Golden Raspberry Awards. But in spite of that, it reached number 10 on the UK singles chart. So I hate the Razzies. Can I say, can I just say, I think the Razzies are a horrible um, award ceremony. They gave Worst Actress to Faye Dunaway for Mummy Dearest. Uh, she was that year also nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award. And if you watch Mummy Dearest, it's one of the great film performances of all time. So the Razzies, are, they annoy They get it wrong They, they nominated Ben Affleck for that Ridley Scott film he's just done. He's amazing. It's probably the best thing he's ever done. Like, right. They're just a load right. of bros. Oh, the last, <laughs> whatever it is, the last, last jewel. jewel. Yeah. yeah. I need to check that out, actually. Um, it's good. Well, this version's got Brian playing the bass on it and John's got some additional electric guitar from uh, original source tapes going on as well, which is kind of lovely. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think it's I think it's a beautiful, beautiful track. It's lovely. Um, and one that's sort of become a bit of a club anthem, actually, in places. Every now and then you can... Yeah, yeah it pops up at the RBT the, quite a lot. Yeah, it will do. Yeah, people mm. love it. It's very heady stuff. 
Very good. So is that number four done and dusted, Sam? It is. <laughs> All right, then. Let's move on to our number three. Three, three. We're in the top three, guys. Yay. This is exciting stuff. Exciting, exciting. All right. At number three, what have you got, Suze? Thank God it's Christmas. Uh, and how about you, Simon? I've got no one but you at number three. Sure. What sad song have you got, John? I've got Mad the Swine. Yeah. Mm. And what have you got, Ro? I've got... <laughs> or, do, or do you want to just not tell us so <laughs> we can carry on? I don't know. I want to I wanna tell the listeners because I think they'll be with me. But I feel like you're very much not. And I feel bad. But I have got Hang On In There at number three. Are you... Is this a prank? <laughs> no, I think that's still to come. <laughs> or is my COVID dramatically <laughs> turn for the worst just, like to hallucinate? I, I just think that I'm a guy who loves Dead on Time. You're a guy who loves yeah, In Only whoa, Seven whoa, Days. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But we meet Do- over the fact that we like the band, like it's fine. Yeah, but we're, we're not talking about Dead on Time level here. We're talking about Hijack My Heart and I Go Crazy. <laughs> They're, they're a hang world on in away there. from Dead on... T- and Hang On In There. Hang Sorry. On In There. Hang On In There. I could legit replace some tracks off the album with um, Hang On In There. Name one, and Ray I will come fall. to your house and burn it down. <laughs> Ray Must Fall. I would replace Ray Must Fall with Hang On In There, and the album Actually, would be Actually, I do agree yeah, with fair, you fair. on that. <laughs> <laughs> <For> sake. <laughs> I'm never giving you my address. Okay, so... <laughs> So, um, okay, so I'm assuming it's not the highest mention of Hang On in there, so let's move on. What, what uh, else have we got? Well, you assume correctly, We Hang On in there will appear later what? on in no, this list. No, it won't. <laughs> Simon! Well done, Ooh. Simon. You legend. All quiet, like a dog that's been through the bin and the owners have just got home. <laughs> and they haven't noticed yet. <laughs> I love this game. <laughs> okay. Oh, the only song we won't hear from again is Mad the Swine. All right, John. Why don't we listen to a little bit of Mad the Swine and John, you can talk to us about it and why you got us so upset. Because I, I didn't have it in my top ten. <laughs> <laughs> Sue's did. Sue's the only one I think yeah. that has. Yeah. No, I had it as well. I had it number six. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, you had it number six. Yeah. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Lovely. Go on, John. Talk to us about Mad the Swine. So I had this on a Queen like rarity CD along with a ah. live version of Hangman and okay. um, other bits and bobs, mainly early stuff. Um, some Smile stuff was on there as well. Sure. But like, it's I would say it's the first track on this list, which is like this is a bona fide Queen song from the time 
at which they wrote it that could walk onto the album. It mm. this is like feels like a genuine bonus track, like an extra track that's of the same standard as the era it was from. Because I think "See What a Fool I've Been" is is a bit like Freddie playing at being another type of singer. That's why I I put that relatively low on my list, even though it's it feels like a genuine Queen song. Mm. Whereas this, like, I would probably replace modern times rock and roll with this. Ooh, I think I would, yeah. 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 I mean, it was originally intended to go between Great King Rat and My Fairy King on Queen 1. But it was dropped due to disagreements between the band and Roy uh, Roy Thomas Baker, mainly over the drum sound. Um, So that is its little history. But it's a Freddie Mercury number. um, And it appeared on the headlong 12-inch in the end which was very cool. Um, The version uh, on the 91 Hollywood record CD was remixed by David Richards, who repaired a sort of severely faded in opening line where where it was a bit cut off. So he's repaired all that, which is kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a jolly little number. Um, It is that very Queen One sound, isn't it? And uh, you've got that sort of Jesus-ing going on in it and all that kind Mm. of stuff. It's good Mm. fun. It's cool hearing, like, Baby Freddy... His voice sounds so young and yeah, um, right. It's like this is a the probably along with doing all right. This is the song that bridges Smile and Queen the most. Yes, yes, yes. I think you're right. Uh, I think you're right. And actually, without it on the album, the the song the album's kind of heavier mm. in a lot of ways. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, very good stuff. Well. We've survived uh, our number threes, right, Sam? That's all of them? Yep, that was it. Okay, so let's go to number two. <laughs> what have you got at number two, Suze? No, I'm two, excited. Got... At number two! At two, number two! two. <laughs> I've got No One But You. Ah, oh, yes. Yes, that is a legit choice. How about you, Simon? I've got Let Me In Your Heart again at number two. John? I have also got Let No One But You. Uh, at number two, I've got stealing. So, Sam, <laughs> I just swallowed back my own sick. Sam, <clears throat> I'm genuinely sweating because just the rage emanating from John's eyes over Zoom is like... I don't think you're taking this seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it very seriously. I will defend it to the hilt. It's a song I like to listen to. I actually like to listen to it. Okay. Let's find out if any of these songs are mentioned again higher up the list, Sam. Well, out of the three songs mentioned in this round, none of them will appear on anyone's number one. So we will not hear from No One But You, Let Me In Your Heart Again, and Stealing. Oh. All right, well, let's do a sad song sandwich again. Let's start with Let Me In Your Heart Again, which is a Mm. gorgeous song. This featured high uh, on my list simply because when I was... Listening to the, all of these, trying to sort of get them into some shape, I just found my this one stuck in my head, and I found yeah. myself humming along to it and singing. I think it's a great vocal performance from Freddie, as always. Um, and I, yeah, this was from the Works sessions, I believe. Originally. It was, yeah, it was originally and recorded I, in '83, and it was just really. It, I remember being very excited when it sort of came out um, as that kind of 
fitted into a bona fide Queen song that had sort Queen of forever been found and the band yeah. felt because I think the band let's face it they've made the right choices on the whole haven't they the songs that appeared on the albums were the right songs to appear um, and uh, I think they very rarely go back to songs that they didn't think were good enough at the time mm. but um, they went back to this one and I'm really glad they did I think it's a great great song I actually think it was good enough to be on the works. Yeah. I don't think I would substitute a track from the works for it, but I would add it onto the side B. It's quite a short album, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Could have, could have added, added it in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, and I was quite surprised to find it was written by Brian. It feels like a very Freddy song, but it is a Brian mm. May track. Oh, is um, it? Right, yeah. thing is, for me, it feels like a good song, but it doesn't feel like a good Queen song. It feels like a song a lot of bands could have written. Really? Mm. Yeah, like it, it doesn't like 80s. it doesn't scream Queen at me. And in all things, I just want everyone to just scream Queen at me all the time. <laughs> Which is why I didn't make my number one. <laughs> it's had an interesting. It has had an interesting uh, history, but we'll come back to that. Should we listen to a little bit of it? Mm. When people talk a love, I have no hesitation. Tell me what you're dreaming of I'll hold that conversation for you, baby It's your heart Open the doors for me, baby. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. You go all big fans of this track, right? It was just lovely to get a new Queen song, wasn't it, at this point? Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, so Brian said that the band had sort of found it impossible to complete the track back in 83. And several versions of the lyrics were written to uh, for Freddie to sing. Um, uh, but when they were making the song for Queen Forever, Brian wove together all the different parts of all the existing Queen versions, and then he and Roger fleshed out the music. Um, uh, Roger said... Uh, that uh, this is quite emotional actually he said um uh let me in your heart again is absolutely typical mid-period queen when i put the original tape on it was so astonishingly real like it had been recorded that morning i got quite emotional about the way freddie was doing his thing it's like suddenly coming across recordings of your parents after they're gone and then it turns into something rather joyful um so it's very sweet uh and also uh for the deep cut fans anita dobson 
recorded a version of this for her 1988 oh, really? studio album Talking of Love uh, and she used the Queen mm. version as a guide vocal yeah 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 it's it's had a rich history and it's it is a really good Queen song and I like that it's appeared very high in this list because that is that is right for it that is right so that is let me in your heart again let us now go to the gorgeous beautiful track stealing and before we start discussing it you said stealing it's stealing Stealing. Stealing. i am i'm saying stealing i'm sorry if i say if if, uh if the look (laughs) this is a track principally composed by freddie mercury so you've got respect a bit of that uh, it's on the B side of Breakthrough. You got to respect a bit of that. And I, I must admit, getting when I got the single, Breakthrough is so banging. I think the first time I put on Stealing, I kind of went, "What is this?" But over the years, I've uh, it's really grown on me. This track. Let's play the guitar break uh, through to that sort of "You Are in Charge of My Heart" section at the end. <laughs> Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten score for me for stealing. And uh, just to show how out of touch you are with the kids, guys, Sam, when you were listening to all of these tracks, which are all for the first time, really, pretty much all of these. Yeah. What was your favourite? I don't know what my favourite was. I know I didn't mind stealing when I first heard it. I didn't hate it. Very diplomatic. That's not what you said last night. I never said a favourite last night. It just stuck out to me. When I said I gave that ten out of ten, you said that's exactly correct. Quote, unquote. Don't remember that. It's not even a song. What do you mean it's yeah. not even a song? It's you not, just it's heard. Just a, it's just a... Okay, just okay. Fiddling. All right. <laughs> Given you've said that. Yeah, go on, Sam. Let's play the opening. Let's have some more of it. That's the way I am. Does anybody want to know? This is the way I live. It's a nice little cowboy son. They're not cowboys. And a little bit of stealing, mate. That's the way I grew up. 
is how I live my life. A little bit of stealing. Can't go wrong. <laughs> it's a beautiful message. It's more relevant than ever. Is it? Okay. No, not really. Well, it is, yes, because actually, easier to make a living by stealing these days, yeah. Um, Police aren't going to do nothing uh, unless you already own a billion pound house. Yeah, take that. I think with stealing, you get what you have on quite a few of these sort of um, B-sides or uncollected tracks, which is they're sort of trying out other genres that don't, that aren't sort of common queen territory. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think stealing's an example. Uh, stealing's an example of that because that's not really what they do. And I think you get a sense when you listen to it; they're not quite sure where the song's going. It's definitely a jam that's that's that they've Did actually recorded. That, but another one bites the dust. Started out as a cowboy song, man, and the prowl's got some rock and roll about it. Like, no, I'm not. You know, the only yeah, thing, the only genre they don't really mm. do is reggae. Like, they they are very eclectic and. I'm yeah, not sure that they a spot for this one. I'm not sure that they would say they're as eclectic as as that. You know, another one bites the dust might have started off as something, but it's a it's a queen track. It's a mm. it's a queen dance track. It's amazing. It's brilliant. It's of the highest order, quality, and excellence. And stealing is it's a jam. It's a jam of a band going. Should we try a little sort of sort of countryish song? None of these tracks are at the level of of another one bites the dust, obviously. But the point I'm making is I don't think there is a genre of music that you can say they don't really do. Reggae's the only one I can think of, which um, Roger covers in his solo work. But other than that, I think they they have a go at pretty much they, any they, kind of music. They have a go, but some of them aren't their like strongest suits. And maybe this isn't their strongest suit. <laughs> I appreciate that. But it is my second favourite track on this list of tracks to, for me to put on and listen to. I can tell you that. I much. think also we we don't know at what point they decided to stop working on these hmm. and focus on the, the the songs that actually ended up on the albums. So something hmm. like Stealing, you know, probably hasn't benefited of going through the Queen mill as much as other songs mm. where they really worked and pulled them apart until they got them absolutely humming you know i don't know i don't know how long they worked on this until they went actually that's not going to make it on the album but do you do you know what the thinking was when they came to put them out as especially earlier songs as b-sides on later singles because obviously you know the thinking behind something like thank god it's christmas or no one but you you know why those songs exist yeah. were they did they suddenly have to fill up a load of B-sides? Because there's quite an eclectic mix of tracks that go out on the CD single I, B-sides, I think what's significant they? here is that a large number that we've been talking about have come from the Miracle. And I think what's interesting is they were obviously extremely prolific at this time, um, partly because of the situation that they'd found themselves in with Fred. So they were they were working really hard. And it was also at that time when they were releasing pretty much every track as a single yeah and i think there was that you have to put something on the b side to justify really putting out a single that people now already own on the album um let's give them something extra and i think it's a combination of let's give the fans more value um these songs Mm. didn't make and genuinely feeling that these songs were very close to being on the album and that could have been driven by the individual that wrote them or maybe collectively they just thought this is a really good song and could have been on the album. Let's give it to them. 
give it to the fans. Yeah, I mean, it certainly as a Queen fan in '89, it made you have to buy the single. You had to buy it in order yeah. to get these extra tracks. It was really very cool. few of the stuff that we've been looking at comes pre 1980, does it? I mean, there's mm, probably a mm-hmm. very small handful. No, it's largely from the I Want It All era. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and into the 80s when it became more of a thing. Um, and they wrote so much stuff for that period as well. It's yeah. very cool. It was a very fertile period for them, I think. Yeah, <clears throat> I've got a lot of time for it. I love the sound of it. I like the guitar on it. Um, yeah, I've got time for it. Cool. I like it. It's fun. Sorry. Um, but let's <laughs> go back to sad songs. Nobody but you, Suze and John. No one but you. No one but you. All right, so this was released on Queen Rocks. Uh, it was written by Brian May um, and also released uh, as a single back in 98, a year after it was released on Queen Rocks. Brian was inspired to write the song uh, uh, during the visit to Montreux where they unveiled the statue, the Freddie statue, uh, in 96. Um, Originally for a Brian solo project that eventually evolved into Another World, but uh, he sent the demo of the track to Roger, who put it in a drawer to begin with, forgot about it, but when he did eventually hear it, he suggested it could be turned into a Queen song. Um, Roger changed the tempo a bit, made the lyrics a little bit less specific to Fred, um, and this is, of course, the last recording to feature John and the last John mm-hmm. Deacon and the last original Queen release until we got to Queen Forever in 2014. Let's listen to a little bit of it. I thought we could listen to Roger's verse and chorus because Brian sings a lot of this track, but I love the way Roger sings it. Another tricky situation. a good song man yeah. yeah that's a good song it's a really good song it's a real queen song as well john go on mate launch it well i just think it's a it's one of my favorite ever queen songs i think it's so well put together mm. it's the the lyrics are so good because as a tribute they they move from quite um poignant statements to quite sort of um sort of celebratory, powerful statements, Mm -hmm. like on a sixpence, Mm. which is exactly what Freddie was like as a figure and as a singer. Um, I think the guitar part's amazing. I think it's catchy. I think the melody's sensational. The video is heartbreaking, Mm. because it's like sort of Days of Our Lives Part 2. So see the three of them, but not the four of them. And it is one of those songs where, because it's such an anthemic song, and it's such a queen anthem, 
Uh, and 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 Freddie on this particular track is so conspicuous by his absence. You really yearn to hear Freddie belt this one out, actually. But um, in the sense, yeah. it's his absence that makes it so poignant. Of course. And you know, seeing John in the video look quite different to how he did the last time we saw him. Um, yeah, I think this this is worthy of the the very highest level of of Queen song. Really. Yeah, I agree. Certainly, eighties, nineties because yeah. you can't really compare it to it's so different in sound and tone to a sort of 70s queen but it's it's really five stars five stars mm-hmm. <laughs> objectively i agree with you <laughs> subjectively stealing Suze. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh the most successful moment of um the we will rock you queen musical yes yes it's it's definitely the the standout moment in that show. The whole show, they these characters are always quipping and that, and they they stop and they go, well, we're remembering all these incredible singers we've lost, and they name some, and then they say, and then one character says Freddie, and then they sing this, and the whole show basically stops, and it is saying to everyone in the audience, this is like this only exists because of Freddie Mercury, and this song only exists because of Freddie Mercury, mm. uh, and he's there all the way through. He's in. He's right in there, and yeah. it is like like you both say. It's heartbreaking that he's not there. Um, I think it's the best tribute to a band member. It's got to be up there with like "Wish You Were Here," Pink Floyd's "Wish You Were Here." Right, um, right. Slightly different, obviously, because Sid Barrett hadn't died. But um, I think it's, as John says, a, a five star song, mm. top tier Queen song. I'm so glad you mentioned the. Um... We will rock you musical because that's the moment that that song truly had an impact on me. Mm. Uh, it was the first time I saw that. I think Simon uh, got me in to see that um, sometime in the what two thousands. I think I can't. Remember I saw it in like two thousand four. I was only yeah, like eighteen. I think I was 19, a bit later. Yeah. I might have been in the tens, um, but um, I think I was a bit resistant. I remember being a bit resistant to Made in Heaven and Queen Forever and all these things and I was a bit uh, about it I think for a period of time Mm -hmm. and as a result it's a song that I had resisted for a while Um, but you're right that moment where she said Freddie and it just hit me I mean even now I well up a bit thinking of that moment and then this song kicks in and it uh, I, I remember going home and specifically getting into my CDs and pulling mm. the track out and giving it a proper listen because of that yeah. musical. Um, and, I, yeah, I do appreciate it on a completely different level now. Yeah, bravo. Very good choice for number two, guys. And let's not forget that, of course, when the musical first started, that was Kerry Ellis singing it. Yes, that's who I saw doing wow. first. So, I mean, yeah. you know, in the hands of Links a to brilliant, Queen. brilliant singer as well. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it must have been amazing. At any point did did she suggest uh, singing Stealing instead? <laughs> she was a huge fan of yeah. Stealing. And interestingly, um, 
hang on in there was her absolute favourite. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're feeling it now, aren't you, Simon? Yeah, You're feeling absolutely. it now for your number one choice. Uh, yeah, no, she loves stealing, <laughs> but she felt, she just felt she couldn't top the original. Um, that's what she told me. She had too much respect for stealing. Yeah, she just, <laughs> she just felt, do you know what, you can't touch that and not ruin it. So, yeah, you don't cover Bohemian Rhapsody, you don't cover yeah. stealing. Um, all right, we have reached... Our mighty number ones. This is the point at which I feel John Roberts is going to end up having a stroke. <laughs> but, look, these are our number ones. These are our personal choices of all of the Queen studio tracks that don't appear on a studio album. Don't say Here it. Here comes our number one. One, one. Suze, what have you got at number one? See what a fool I'm being. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Straight in. Lovely. Simon, do you want me to come back to you or are you happy to go now? Hang on in there. Moving on. Yeah! <laughs> Hang on in there. I cannot wait to be listening to some of that. What sad song have you gone for, John? Obviously, thank God it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, very melancholy. Oh, that's a beautiful choice. Uh... <laughs> Look. I'm standing by it. It's my favourite one of these tracks by far. By far. I think it should be on every album. And it's I Go Crazy. <laughs> it's the best oh song God. from the works era. John, have you frozen? I'm just going to assume you've frozen. <laughs> okay. Who goes first? Has John left? <laughs> In a way. <laughs> Okay, all right. Let's try and do Credible Song followed by Incredible Song followed by Credible Song. All right, let's go with... uh, Look, I'm just going to start with I Go Crazy, okay? I'm going to start with I Go Crazy. Let's listen to some so you can see why it's so awesome.
No more for you, John? No more for me, thank you. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think the reason that I've got this relationship with it is I got this sort of uh, just a fairly shoddy, uh, coverless vinyl single of Radio Gaga, uh, you know, when I was about 14, 15, and I heard this song on it. And we had a record player in the dining room. My God, I played this song over and over and over. And I think, you, you know, Susan, you mentioned that you used to run around the house going bananas every time you put on Stone Cold so crazy. crazy. I yeah. think this was my Stone Cold Crazy. <laughs> I just went mad for it. I I truly believed that Blade were going to be a massive band. And this was the song that I wanted to... So I'd practice like, with the hairbrush, just doing my full freddies to all of this this was this was it i go crazy and obviously it was a song that only i really knew about because it was a b-side to a single that everyone knew every time it starts i'm i'm so excited that i get to hear it i guess that's a subjective opinion rather than an objective opinion and i i I will defer to your musical expertise john um there's not enough crying in it i understand and I, i i appreciate it but I really enjoy it. I thought you might enjoy what Brian said to Faces magazine in 1984 about this track, which he said, in fairness, I must say that all the others go through these strong feelings as well as as it's a democracy. They don't get their own way either. So he's talking about the kind of the rest of the band and the songs that they, they write. With this last album now, I wrote a single. You might call it one of my heavy indulgences. It was very rough and raw, but I really liked the sound. The other three hated it so much they were ashamed to play it. (laughs) So it wound up as the B-side on Radio Gaga, which is good as it gives the fans a song they didn't receive on the album more for their money. Uh, But you see, it was kept off the album by the majority. (laughs) Um, But I'm with Brian on this. I bloody love that track. 100%. hundred percent. I'm. I've jumped and jumped and jumped and jumped around rooms to that track, and I know that I'm not the only Queen fan out there that bloody well had this at their number one. And I'm really interested to see where the um, where the fan votes are going to come in and how they might uh, entirely agree with my top ten, which is a solid gold top ten in its own right. <laughs> All right, I feel like I've said enough about I go crazy, and, and, and John's just going to go if we don't move on. So why don't we move on to See What a Fool I've Been. This was uh, written by Brian May, um, and uh, it appeared on the Seven Seas of Rye single. Is that right, Simon? Yeah. Back in 74? Yep. And uh, Brian originally wrote it for Smile in 68, um, but uh, it was recorded with Queen during the Queen 2 recording sessions. Uh, and it's based... I think we have talked about this song back on... When around we were when we were talking yes. about Queen Two, right? It's based on a blues song called "That's How I Feel" by Sonny Terry and Brownie mm. McGee. I didn't. And Brian heard it and he didn't know what song it was. So That's he tried right. To recreate yeah. it. Yeah. He didn't remember the name of the song until a fan contacted him in two thousand and four. <sighs> wow! Um, it was yeah. as late as that. Oh, okay, yeah. right. Yeah, but he based this whole song off that, and I think he now kind of semi credits them in some way on it. Um, right. But uh, there's two versions. Uh, of the song out there I think but I prefer the BBC version of the song I just think it's um, uh, it's got a better mix um, which is on the deluxe edition of Queen 2 so let's listen to um, a minute or so of um, of the solo and this nice big bluesy track
bounce off to the rhythm section. <laughs> John Deacon and Roger Taylor just going bananas on that track. Okay, Suze, have at it. Your number one spot. Well, it's the off-cut from my favourite Queen album, which is Queen 2. I right. don't think I could replace a song on Queen 2 with this because Queen 2 is such a complete concept and I can see why they left it off the album. But would you add it? I th- no, I don't think I would, actually. Right. No, I think uh, I think it's so perfect as it is. But I think everything about this song is really awesome. Um, it's ever so slightly camp which i love i love that they that i think that's freddie's influence he's like i do i'll just add like 10 percent of camp to this um and that i think that's what makes it so queen because it could it could also be a led zepp song yeah um but there's the a theatricality that it's really heavy it's really really heavy it's really really heavy it's great it really is do you respect uh, Suze's choice for number one there, John? Yeah, I, it works as a song. And, you know, it sounds like early Queen. I personally just don't like the song. that right. I, don't, I don't find it that particularly, like, catchy. Um, also, like, whenever I was... You know, whenever I get into sort of discussions or arguments with real musos, the, the thing they <laughs> throw at you is like, oh, Queen are just pantomime Led Zeppelin. Which is what this feels like. Yeah. Even I though I don't agree that. with that assessment no. of Queen. Right. And I think, like some of the other songs, even though this is earlier and feels more authentically Queen, it still feels like they're trying to be Cream mm, or mm-hmm. Led Zepp. It feels like, and, and r- rightly so, they've left off the album because it wouldn't make sense on Queen yeah. too. So it's, you know, it's no harm, no foul. Um, I put it at number seven. I think, I think probably in retrospect, I might put it a little bit higher. Perhaps over Chinese torture. In fact, definitely over Chinese torture. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, wow. <laughs> I just think like there were th- three such huge standout, decent tracks for me that I maybe didn't give quite as much thought as I should have done into the exact positioning in the other ones. Yeah. Because yeah. for me, thank God it's Christmas. No one but you and Mad the Swine are just okay. They're they're bona fide. Right. Big big belters. Okay. This song's got a lot of uh, DNA, sonic cliche DNA for me with son and daughter, actually, which I love. And it kind of has that same sort yeah. of rah, thick, heavy sound. I love it. Good choice, Suze. Bravo. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, Simon, mm. I'm with you, buddy. I'm, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad yeah. that you're here because you are officially the the biggest expert on Queen there is, uh, in the, at least at least on this podcast. Uh, so you trump everyone. So your opinion counts no. like at least double for everyone else's. So uh, you've put Hang On in there at number one. I have. I think I've stepped very firmly into your camp of looking at something from a. I've let my heart emotional my head. point of view. Yeah, what? you're connecting yeah. with songs emotionally. Yeah, I don't think you should feel. Um, no, 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 no! I think that's—I think that's that. what makes this. That's what makes anything like this so much fun, doesn't it? Because you yeah. can, yeah, look loads at of it, fun. Just look at it. Well, <laughs> it's been fun for the rest of us. I don't know about you, but um, you know, just you can you can look at something from a very musical point of view, or you know, or you can look at it something from a purely emotional point of view, or somewhere in between. And I think there's a lot in this song that um connects with me i think it's you know lyrically i think there's a lot going on there which i relate to and i think also it's it's talking 
you know, Freddie wrote this, and it's it's alluding to what he's he's going through, which makes it yes, it is. It yeah. makes it sort of it is work in a way where in other songs where it's very much about him, they feel quite you know you can't help listen to them with about feeling sad whereas this mm. one is still quite a joy, joyful song mm. um, and it comes and, from him right it's his point of view it's his one yeah um and yeah at the same similar thing came at a time when i was i was you know gorging myself on all things queen and hanging on everything that sort of came out and so it, it, i un, i really undenied about what was number 1 and i think um there was you know the ones that are in my top three I reordered them several times so it could have been but in the end I went for this for fun yeah 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 it's got some beautiful uh, guitar tones on it yeah um do you remember the song's original working title yeah was it fid uh, what was it Come yeah. on, fiddly jam. A fiddly jam. Fiddly jam. Fiddly jam. Fiddly jam. What a fiddly jam. name for a song. And it is quite a jammy jam song, right? There's lots yeah. of sections in it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I thought we'd actually listen to the back end of it. I love that little opening tone. And uh, if anyone hasn't heard Hang On In There and you're listening to this pod, give it a shot. If you've got this far, give it a, sh- give it a shot. <laughs> you're still listen with to us. Robbins. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But yeah, let's listen to the back end of this track. made a whole song out of that riff at the end there it's awesome it's just like the ending of November Rain when it just goes awesome brilliant riff now brilliant that was riff. quite Frank Zappa in places yeah those are the bits I'm less than that but that that riff at the end is so good uh, and I love that sort of kind of sound that Brian's got in the opening as well it's just great Great choice, Simon. Well done. Well done. I I had it in my I had it at number ten because I feel like that could replace party in Khashoggi's ship at the beginning yep. of the miracle. Yeah. Yep. And I think it actually gives you a good idea of the album you're getting. I think there's mm. some interesting stuff in Hang On in there. I don't think it's like top tier queen at all, but I, there there's it it's more than just uh, some 
spiralling around a verse and a chorus kind of idea they had. I think there's some yeah. like fun things going on. I like it when Freddie's piano comes in at the end. It sounds just the tiniest bit like the end of My Fairy King. Mm. Uh, just for a moment, you go, oh. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think it could replace the beginning tracks of the miracle yeah at that time when the album came out i only had a tape player so i was collecting all my stuff on tape and downstairs mm. there was a record player so i'd get the records as well i hadn't moved into cd world yet because i couldn't afford a cd player right and i was very jealous of all the cd people because i had all these extra tracks on the cd and i kind of remember that for me is the sort of starting point of the cd era and of course cut to 10 years later or actually 30 years later as just crates of cds in my garage awesome all right john i think we should finish rightly on your number one choice thank god it's christmas oh yeah mm. i just think it's a superb track i always makes me smile when christmas comes around i'm not i haven't had many great christmases recently so christmas i oh, always find you. a sort of a slightly odd time of year but i do like christmas songs and they do get me quite excited when i hear them when they start playing in, like, uh, Tesco or whatever. Mm. I think this stands up against as some of the best Christmas songs. Mm. And I, I sort of think it deserves more, but then I'm also always glad it gets played so much on, yeah. like, Magic FM or whatever, mm. considering that it was just a single. Um, and I think it's a... I just think it's a really great Christmas track. Yeah, yeah. And it's very Queen, and it feels very like a Queen Christmas track should be, and that's what it is. It has some um, shades of funny how love is and stuff in there, doesn't it? It's kind of got lovely, lovely sounds in it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was written by Roger and Brian, um, and Brian pointed out the funny thing is that you have to make Christmas records in the summer and you just don't feel like it. Because <laughs> if you start making them at Christmas, obviously it's all over before you've actually got it out. Um, they'd sort of both started working on it and Roger's it was felt that Rogers was sort of the best one and that's the one that they 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 lent into. Um and it and it spent six weeks in the UK charts over Christmas eighty four and into the new year eighty five. Uh and it is lovely. Freddie's voice is brilliant on mm. it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. It's so good. I think yeah. if there'd been a video, it probably would have been a big mm. hit. Yeah, maybe. An animated I say I say I think that eventually. I read someone say that and then I just passed it off as my own. No, but it sounded good. So yeah, we're with you. <laughs> yeah, that's all, good, okay. I mean I've been doing that for about twenty nine years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was released as its own single with Man on the Prowl and Keep Passing the Open's Windows on its B side. So it's that the works era that this has obviously come out. Um, let's and the animated music video that is now available that was released in two thousand and nineteen. It's actually quite a beautiful video. Uh, beautiful animation. But let's listen to the back half of the song to round out this wonderful ranking episode. Oh, my love, we Christmas, yes, it's Christmas. Thank God it's Christmas. 
Thanks, Fred. I just, I love how, I bet Freddie thought, right, let's get this bloody Christmas song done. <laughs> and then just sort of throws in those insane vocal yeah. runs. Mm-hmm. As if he's like, okay, we're done now. Yeah. And you're like, hang on, what did you just do then? Yeah. yeah. Let's listen back to that in crazy thing you did. Mm. What is he doing when he's pushing that, like, full word? Oh, well, that. Yeah. Uh, that well, it, that it, obviously is crazy. Yeah. Lovely falsetto. Yeah. His lovely falsetto. Which bit were yeah. you talking about? I'm sort of talking about the bit where he goes, for one day. Like, he's, like, oh, pushing well, the vocal a bit. Oh, it's a... It, Freddie had a, like, super mobile larynx, uh, and he didn't riff tastelessly. So there's, yeah, that bit of, for one day. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. he can... He could just move... He, he just has an extremely... Um, a coloratura sure. uh, way of singing. Which you don't find, you don't find it much in a tasteful sense anymore. Like people like people like um, Ariana Grande can do it, but like who cares? Because it's when Freddie, it's like pouring honey on something. Whereas when she's doing it, it's like sort of slopping some milk about. I don't know about about my analogy there. Wow. Um, Also, she shouldn't be in the Wicked movie. Okay, Simon, let's cancel our plans for doing an Ariana Grande podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I'm fast-tracking our plans for the Christopher. I don't know why I'm so mean about her. She, I actually think she's very talented. But there's, it's Freddie's like. You know how they say, oh, in, you know, with science, it's all about coulda, not shoulda. With with Freddie, he he could riff all the time if he wanted to. It was very easy for him, but he chooses his moments. And yeah, yeah, and it's a really Christmassy song, but it doesn't yes. sound like other Christmas songs. No, it's got that melancholy, which I, similarly to John, have had some pretty sad-ass Christmases. Yeah, uh, Christmas is the, the most like, awful time of the year. Yeah, no, no, not even, not even. But I think that song really sums up when um, how Christmas isn't, you know, snow and sugar lumps. No, <laughs> not at all, no. Not always. Well, that brings us very nicely and finally to the mega top ten. So, wow. Sam, you have now... Put our top ten together to come up with the ultimate Queen Pod top ten. Let's call them B sides for 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 the sake of argument. Sure. So out of all the twenty two possible songs, yes, uh, nineteen. Wow. Well, got votes from you guys. Wow. So hmm. only three songs didn't get anything, which was Lost Opportunity, Blurred Vision, and A Dozen Red Roses for my darling. Everything yeah. else got at least one point. Interestingly, only two songs appeared on all four of your lists. Ooh, right. Which was Love Kills the Ballad and No One But You. Yeah, right. fair play. So at number 10, we have Rock in Rio Blues. Okay, mm-hmm. correct. We go up to number 8. Joint number 8 is Love Kills the Ballad and Stealing. And Stealing. <laughs> Stealing. <laughs> Did anyone else put Stealing in their top ten? Yes, Simon. 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 (laughs) You're a man Um, of taste and distinction. (laughs) At number seven, we have Let Me In Your Heart Again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then we're going up to five again. We've got two songs at joint number five, which is Mad the Swine 
and see what a fool I've been. Mm -hmm. Sure. At number four, it's I Go Crazy. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Am I the only person to put it in my top ten? No. Once again, top. Simon had it at number yes, four. Simon. <laughs> so it is the you and Simon combination have done Beautiful. it. Um, and that's coming at number which one. Brings us <laughs> number four. Number four. Which does bring us to our top three. Okay. And I'm really sorry, John. A number three, it's hang on in there. Right, this is the moment where the podcast splits up and me and Suze go off to do Guardian Queen Weekly. And you're left doing the Queen Ramble. Well, and we do stadiums. You'll very quickly be able to tell who's going to be the more successful pairing in that combination, my friend. <laughs> Um, enjoy your money. <laughs> I'll be stealing a living. Yeah, we'll be just hanging on in there. We'll be wheeling and a dealing. Uh. We'll be living out of skip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, so top three. Hang on in there at number three. Yeah, go on, Sam. Yes. Good luck. But it does get better for you, John, because at number two, it's Thank God It's Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's nice. And nice. number one... Is no one but you. No. There we go. Oh, oh, well, that's, that's fair enough. Well done. That appeared in three top threes. It got two number two votes, one number three vote, and then a number seven vote from Ray. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No, it's I stand there. by yes, every it track I put above it. The podcast's <laughs> official number one B side. Yeah, yeah. Well, very, very worthy winner. Yeah, I think so. Fitting. I think so. A long journey to basically go, yeah, no one but use a good song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been on an album. So, um, well, that's awesome. That is awesome. Fantastic. Everyone happy? Sure. Yeah, that's a very worthy well. win, as John said. I think it's, despite all our differences, we came together at the end <laughs> to unify behind one song. We did. Yeah. We did. We did. Yeah. Um, beautiful stuff. Um, all right. Well, uh, it is on to you, listeners. Please send us your top ten. We will put out the uh, the uh, twenty three tracks that Simon has selected. And yeah, a little shout out for Lost Opportunity, Blurred Vision, and Dozen Red Roses for my darling. I'm mindful of Susan's response on email over the weekend. Like, one of these is literally called Lost Opportunity. <laughs> It's a bold title for... <laughs> but it's, you know, it's a nice bluesy song. And, yeah, I think Blurred Vision is just a nice kind of instrumental version of One Vision with some some cool stuff in it. Yeah. Um, and Dozen Red Roses is basically Don't Lose Your Head, both off the uh, A Kind of Magic album. Listeners, please send us your top ten favourite uh, B-sides to uh, queenpod at thequeenpodcast.com. Uh, or you can simply comment at the Queen Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll probably put voty things up, won't we, producer? Sam? Sure. I think it'll be a comment on the post with the list if you want it to be counted, because otherwise it's a bit it's impossible too much for you to keep to track, track of. So email or comment. Email or comment to get your votes in, please. Yes, very much. Um, and go along to patreon.com forward slash Queen Pod to find out. How to uh, get a free Queen Pod badge and a postcard signed by us, uh, and ad-free uh, versions of the episodes, and loads of little uh, uh, treats that we are constantly trying to come up with uh, to to give to those lovely patrons for their support. We need you. We really do. If you cannot support us that way, please shout about us and get as many Queen fans in the world as possible. Listen to us and rating us and commenting on us. Ideally in a positive way. Does that sound about right, chaps? <laughs> Sounds good. And chapess. 
<laughs> Lovely stuff. Good stuff. Thank you so much for this epic, epic ranking episode. Thank you, Suze. Thank you, Simon. John, thank you. And thank you, Producer Sam. Goodbye. Bye. This has been The Queen Pod, a Seven Seas Films production. Edited and produced by me, Sam Easton. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and stay in touch by emailing queenpod at thequeenpodcast.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.